They're back, and so are we. Hi, I'm Ted Canova, coming to you from sunny and warm Tampa, Florida, where, as you know, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band kick off their long-awaited, and I mean long-awaited, tour. You know, it's been over six years since we all gathered as a community at a full Springsteen show, and in those six years, we've been challenged in oh so many ways and lost far too many friends and loved ones. Music has helped soothe the loss and the pain, but I still anticipate being overwhelmed with emotions as I stand in the pit on opening night and cheer with my fellow fans. Something tells me I won't feel alone. Now, on to this episode. Let's meet Donna, who chose that one lyric from a Springsteen song that is unabashed and unapologetic. Donna, thanks for joining us. How are you today and where are you? I'm doing quite well, Ted. I am in the northwest corner of Connecticut. Oh, so you must be getting a little flurry out there. Very, very snowy in the woods. We're very happy here. It's always great to get the first couple of snowfalls, but I know living in Minnesota for many years, by the 35th snowfall, you're like, please, please bring spring around. It'll be here soon enough, along with the tour. Oh, boy. We are really, really jonesing for this tour, aren't we? Very much an understatement. We are a hungry fan base. We are a hungry-hearted fan base. You're going to make me bring lyrics into every sentence of this episode. Donna, you're not just a great fan, but you founded an organization called Bruce Funds, an organization that connects fans with their tickets and their generosity to help other fans who are in need of tickets. How did this start? This phenomena really started from my heart. I always had an extra ticket for my mom. And in 2009, she told me that her health was too uncertain to know if she could make it each time. And I kept buying an extra one, hoping that her health would improve. But if it didn't, I would end up with this extra ticket. I could have sold it on BTX, but usually I would find someone who wanted to buy it. And instead of selling it to them, I just gave it to them. So it was always something that I did on my own. And the reason everyone else learned about it <laughs> was because of social media. So I started to share what I was doing on Twitter. And other people were like, oh, I know somebody who could appreciate a ticket, but I can't afford to buy them an extra one. And so then we just grew an idea of like mini crowdsource funding. And so five people, 10 people would pool their funds together. We were kind of like our own little GoFundMe. And we would have the money for that extra ticket and somebody would buy it, and then we would give it to the person in need. And that's how it began. And people in need, you're not talking about fans that have already gotten tickets for four different tour stops. You're talking about personal need, whether it's their health or a crisis and dying. Tell us about that. Yes, I had to put some criteria in place because once it became popular, we try to have the criteria of it's your first time because every show is someone's first. And I think that's important in this fan base to remember. You may be going for your 100th time, but the person sitting next to you might be there for their first time. And we try to include the people who couldn't get in the door, even if the tickets were as low as $100. I do that because those are the roots that I came from. And I remember what it felt like to go to my first show. And I just try to keep that in mind. Well, we'll talk about how people can get involved later in this episode. But as you talk about your first show, tell me, Donna, what was your first exposure to the music of Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> it's such a funny story. My sister was in the hospital. She was going to give birth to her first child. 
and I was at home at her house, kind of holding down the fort. I was just a teenager, and I was going through my brother-in-law's album collection. And I just came across Born to Run, and the cover captured my attention, and then I opened it up, and the majestic lyrics just leapt out at me. was Jungle Land. My eyes fell right on Jungle Land and I read those lyrics and I thought, oh my God. Then I put the record on. How old were you? I wasn't old enough to drive. I'm going to say I was probably 15. Then do you remember the visceral feeling you had by listening to it? Oh, it went right through me. It went right through my core. It's like the hair on my arms just stood up. It was electric. It was beyond anything I could have imagined. And I remember playing the entire album, particularly Born to Run. Over and over and over again. And the neighbor, this was a condo, and the neighbor banging on the wall because I kept playing the song over and over again. Oh, I love that. I love it. How many times have you seen Bruce in the course of your fandom? I have lost count. It's not important to me to keep a number, but I would say it's certainly more than 80. All right, Donna, from what song did you choose that one lyric? I chose Badlands. Badlands is pretty much everything. It's a pick-me-up. It's also an inspiration. And the lyrics in particular are memories to me of being with my mom, watching her struggle day to day, put food on the table, clothes on my back, and just keep moving forward. And it inspires me still to this day with what I do with Bruce Funds. Donna, is your mom still with us? She's not. She passed in 2019. Sorry to hear that. She's pain-free now. Beautiful way to think of it. What's that one lyric you picked to talk about from Badlands? It ain't no sin to be glad you're alive. It's so important to me that I got it tattooed on my arm and the word alive is over my pulse point. And it means so much to me because there were some dark times where I wasn't sure if being alive mattered. And I know that my mom spent a lot of her time in so much pain that she wished she was not alive. So it, excuse me, I'm getting a little emotional. It really means exactly that. I wake up every day and there's no sin to be glad you're alive. Can you tap into the emotion of those dark days? What was going on in your life? It's the simple struggles that we all face when you pair them with maybe what you thought your life was going to be or maybe the expectations of your family versus the reality of how difficult it might be. When your marriage doesn't work out, when The kids you thought you would have don't happen when the job you thought was going to help you financially turns out to be a dead end. Those sorts of examples, just the day-to-day struggle. Well, that's more than day-to-day. Put it all together, and, and I can imagine why you were that blue at that time. What happened in your life that turned it around, that that you saw a little bit of hope? Because I could tell right now you're full of hope. One of the things that really helped me was 
hearing We Take Care of Our Own when Bruce performed it on the Grammys. And I heard that lyric. It's another lyric. We'll have you back on. <laughs> yeah. I heard the lyric about finding work that sets your hands and your soul free. Where's the work that'll set my hands, my soul free? That was in 2012, and that is when Bruce Funds pretty much took off worldwide. Being able to help someone else means so much to me. Everyone thanks me, but really, I would love an opportunity to thank everyone else because when I can help you, you don't realize how much you're actually helping me. Wow. Donna, can you imagine having started Bruce Funds if perhaps you didn't go through those dark days where you wondered if it was worth being alive? It almost seems that that might have set the table. From the ashes came this light. Absolutely. There are no coincidences in my life. That's what I believe. So everything leads to the next. It's absolutely tied together. That's beautiful. So let's talk about Bruce Funds. Fans can go to your website, brucefunds.org, and they can either donate tickets or they could nominate someone to receive tickets. And you've got different campaigns that are underway. I read one from Pam in Philly. She's requesting two tickets because she's just had the worst year of her life. It's just one example of so many that you've helped and will help in the future. Absolutely. It's a community. It's very important to stress that it's not a charity. The reason it's not a charity is because after every tour, I thought, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and then people said, you're going to do it again, right? I'm like, oh, is there really interest? Is there really need? Yes, I guess there is. It's just me behind the scenes. It is a labor of love. It does take a lot of time. And in addition, Donna, you have a full-time job in addition to Bruce Funds. So I can imagine, especially as the tours heat up, you get very, very busy with requests. You know, the whole dynamic pricing of this tour has enraged a lot of fans. And you would think that with the pricing so high that it would kind of curtail people's generosity in some way. But boy, this tour, even with the prices, you've secured tickets for fans. This is amazing given the financial commitment that it's taken for people to buy tickets on this tour. Absolutely. The generosity of this fan base. We really collectively have taken the words that he put out to heart. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. Remember in the end, nobody wins unless everybody wins. And we're a reason to believe we actually do take care of our own. A previous recipient said it beautifully. It's a chance to feed someone's soul. And to the critics who say, oh, come on, it's just a concert. And it's even just a Bruce Springsteen concert. You know, hello, you haven't been to just a Bruce Springsteen concert. It's a form of church. I say that all the time. It's beautiful what you're doing. You kept on a legacy to your mom. I don't know if you've thought of it that way also, that this extra ticket keeps your mom ever present. So that must feel really, really close to you. Yes, I still try to do it now to this day. Not just with Bruce, with any concert I go to, I buy an extra ticket and I donate it. What's your mom's name? My mom's name was Gladys. Her nickname, her family would call her Honey Girl. Do you recall your mom's favorite Springsteen song? She, <laughs> she only liked the happy song. She said when he would do slow songs, it would make her too sad. So she preferred any songs that had... Clarence Clemens playing saxophone. So naturally, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. 
But also, of the later songs, she was a fan of Waiting on a Sunny Day. There ain't no sin of that either. (laughs) I'll tell you, we disagreed on that, but I loved how happy it made her. And that is what I remember most, is when we were at a concert and the song was playing, she would dance like she didn't have any pain in her entire body. And I would just stare at her and think, how could I bottle this? Because this is the woman that I would love to see thriving. There was a special elixir in the music that really just changed her. So beautiful. I'm going to think of Gladys when I'm at a show this tour, and I'll look up and I'll, I'll feel her presence, having never met her. Thank you. She would love that. Thank you for sharing the story about your mom. And Donna, thanks for organizing Bruce Funds. You're really helping so many fans see their first show. Fans in need, folks can go to your website, brucefunds.org, and get in touch with you. You're a saint. You're a saint, maybe not in the city, but you're a saint in that small town in northwest corner of Connecticut. (laughs) Donna, thanks for being on that one lyric. Thank you, Ted. It was my pleasure. Boy, it feels so good to be back in production and to meet fans like Donna who chose that one lyric from Springsteen's Badlands. Our Springsteen giveaways are also back. You can win a free Renegades Born in the USA book featuring Bruce and Barack Obama. Wherever you're listening, just give us a rating and write a review and you'll automatically be entered into our raffle. And please click the follow button so you never miss an episode. I'm so glad you joined us as we return to that one lyric. And I sure hope that somewhere along the tour, you get to see Bruce and the band. I'm Ted Canova. As I say to end the tour podcast, music makes it all better. See you next time. (laughs) 